It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. This is your host, Ed Oliver. You can follow me on Twitter at E-D-T, triple O, F-L-A, double T. We have special gu- special guest from the Locked On Nets, Adam Abrecht. How you feeling today, man? Feeling great, man. It's, uh, it's good to get on. I know you're relatively new to, to the Locked On family, so welcome in, man. I'm looking forward to, maybe, I don't know, maybe getting some good games here. You, you, got, you got one of our favorite guys off our roster, so it's, it should be an exciting season. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be interesting. We did go – we did beat you guys twice last year because, you know, whenever Russell Westbrook, he plays against Kevin Durant, he just loves those games. Something going on there. He's got a chip. Right. So, <laughs> uh, you know, the Christmas Day matches with you you guys and the Lakers should be very, very intriguing. Um, but, um, yeah, we're, we're going to get into Spencer Dinwiddie today. We're going to talk about him, how he's on and off of the court, and then we'll talk about the uh, Eastern Conference, how it's stacked up after the uh, free agency moves have been made so far and then a couple of the uh national tv game announcements we'll talk about that a little bit but uh, uh let's hop into spencer dinwiddie uh the guy got a one dollar championship bonus uh what are some strengths and weaknesses to his offensive game uh, i mean listen when you think about when he came where he came from before he joined brooklyn and that's in detroit the minute shares were lower and it just kind of felt like when you're on a bad team you don't get utilized the way you should or you don't get the opportunities once he came over to brooklyn what was great for him was in both a backup and then even a starting role for, for big minute shares going back to the 2019-2020 season. He is effective at getting his own shots. He is an absolute downhill bull at the basket. So, you know, he finishes well at the rim, draws contact in and around the basket as well. And if you want to have someone from a Washington Wizards perspective who can carry the offensive load for stretches when Beal, when you don't want Beal to have to do that, Spencer Dinwiddie has basically been doing a dress rehearsal for that over his time with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, You know, deficiency-wise, he's not a great three-point shooter. He's more than willing to do it, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily the best thing for him. You know, the assists were up. So, I mean, another positive in his bank, you know, his assist numbers are good. He's a willing facilitator. So, as long as you have the supporting cast around him, he'll lean into that. Uh, It can be a little, I could say a little turnover prone, um, but, you know, not unlike a lot of point guards, dribble happy, right? All of a sudden you get yourself caught up in being on ball. The shot clock starts winding down. The difficult part about labeling the strengths and weaknesses of his game is so much of it was starting to flourish in Brooklyn, not to you know pump my chest, but a really well-run, well-coached organization. So the question kind of becomes, what is the structure and stability in Washington that he can continue to flourish in some of those ways? Okay. 
And then um, you did talk about the shooting. Um, he said that he did a lot better on uh, catch and shoot opportunities. Did you see a difference in, in his catch and shoot uh, opportunity three pointers uh, rather than his pull up shots, his pull up three pointers? Yeah, yeah. Again, so that that kind of leads into the idea of the pull up threes are, are oftentimes for him were in desperation, right? Shot clock winding down, you're the only one there to create, and so now it's it's up to you. Those looks relative to spacing the floor floor properly. Excuse me, having. Bradley Beal be the focus of the defense and giving him open looks? Yes. So, you know, I mentioned the three-point shooting. When you talk about him being a career 32% three-point shooter, those numbers can look different. And even the last year, last healthy year, 1920, again, he started 60, played in 64, started 49 games, just shot 30%. But the year prior, when the offense was a little bit more balanced, when you had other weapons around that could carry some of the scoring load, He shot 33, almost 34%. So I think the catch-and-shoot looks are going to be an area of his game that you're going to want to lean into more. And maybe if you see him getting into some of those on-ball pull-up looks, especially from further out from the basket, that's when you'll you'll cringe a little, potentially. (laughs) Yeah, I like how you talk about his driving ability. He got to the free-throw line a lot in 2020. Uh, I want to say he shot about seven free throws per game. Uh, Him and Bradley Bill, they both can get to the line a lot. So that, that should be a plus for the Washington Wizards. Uh, what does he bring to the table defensively? What are some of his strengths and weaknesses? I mean, let's see, he, he's a scrappy defender. And I know that that's the, the cliche thing that you maybe label someone who's not that great defensively. Um, he's willing, but his limitations are what they are. I mean, he fights over screens pretty well. He can get lost in pick and rolls like a lot of, of guards can. Um, you know, it, 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 if I said in the vein of Kyrie Irving, the way we perceive his defensive game, everyone, I can't do it. But most sound and then high-end offensive players, they just don't do a lot of defensive work because they don't need to. It's not what's most important to the NBA game. You saw the way Kyrie dialed things up late in the season, in big games, late in game action. Spencer Dinwiddie's capable of that as well. I think you'll feel better about him, I'll say, than than what you were getting in Russell Westbrook relative on the defensive end. So you want to call that maybe a modest upgrade there just from a youth um, maybe a little bit more to prove, a little more attention to detail. And you're going to certainly have the, the concerns if you get caught in switches. Spencer Dinwiddie's not the biggest player in the world, so a s- size concerns, depending on what the rotations are on the court, is probably something Washington will look at and say, how do we, you know, how do we mitigate that risk? But again, relative to who you had there in Westbrook, you're not losing size in, in the backcourt as it stands right now. Right, yeah, he is at about six foot six, so he does have a long swing wingspan. So um, I yeah. think he can uh, definitely provide um, some toughness on the defensive end. And uh, speaking about Russell Westbrook too, um, in that fit, uh, do you think Spencer Dinwiddie could be a better fit next to Bradley Bill since he is uh, more of a threat from the three point line? Yes, yeah. This, this, the short answer is yes because the problem with Russell Westbrook is even. I mean, this isn't breaking any ground here when. Westbrook is putting up some of his best stats. You have to pull back and say, but what did it mean relative to team success? I think when Spencer Dinwiddie is at his best, the team will also be succeeding. So the like-for-like like swap out is going to benefit Washington. It's going to benefit Bradley Beal. The secondary piece of it is Russell Westbrook has spent his entire career being a starter, being a primary scorer, and being a primary ball handler. So his mentality, it's hard to shift that mentality. It doesn't mean he's not capable of it. We'll see what he does with LA with other guys like LeBron James on the court with him. 
But Spencer Dinwiddie has come from being a backup small minutes guy, gradually seen that increase. And then even in, in some of his biggest uh, seasons with the Brooklyn Nets, he did it both playing a lot of games, a lot of minutes, but coming off the bench primarily, and then did it in a starting role as well. So I think that Spencer Dinwiddie, while he wanted to get paid and wanted to prove that he can be a starting guard in this league, also has the experience of, of flexibility about when and where he needs to get his shots and how he can be a support member to a better scorer like Bradley Beal, and then also take control if he's deferred to. Right. That makes a lot of sense there. Um, so 2020 was his best year. Where did you see him improve in the years uh, where he was with Brooklyn? And was that attributed to um, Kyrie just not being available or was it just Spencer just stepping his game up in 2020 and, and improving his game? Yeah, I think it's just a gradual progression, right? And this is not untrue of a lot of NBA players. If you're not a top 10 pick in the draft, it's about what's your dedication? You know, how are you working on your craft? I think he benefited from the coaching staff in Brooklyn, from the structure there, the training facilities, all, all the things we talk about in terms of that <laughs> culture, uh, that, that, that funny little word that we like to throw around sometimes. Uh, I think he's just, again, prime years of, a, of an NBA player's career, 27, 28 into your early 30s. It's getting wider as, uh, as some of the, the health side of things improves around sports and athletics. But I think he's just really starting to peak. The, only thing, the one thing I will say is when you go back and look at the 2018-19 versus 2019-20 season, the minute share is pretty close. You're only talking about a difference of 20, uh, it's 29 minutes 28 minutes, excuse me, and 31 minutes in 2020. But 49 starts in 2020 versus four the year prior. The only thing that changes, the, the turnovers stay pretty close, so he was still effective protecting the ball in a, in a larger role, but everything does take a modest dip. The more free throw attempts that he had dropped from 80% to 78%. The more shots he had from the field, again, the, the three-point shooting percentage from 34 to 31. The, from the field overall, from 52 to 48 like so there is a really delicate balance here about you know ended up giving you 21 points almost in that 2020 season as opposed to 17 but what are the quality of the possessions what are the quality of the looks this is where go back to if you're putting him in the context of that season where Kyrie wasn't available and he effectively became the leader and lead scorer on that team yeah Karis LeVert there as well obviously that's a different type of starting role than what the expectations should be in Washington. So I don't want to overemphasize those numbers, but you do see there, there's going to be a sweet spot here, right? 10 shots a game, 12 shots a game. Is that too much? Is, is eight the right number? So the feeling out process will be interesting, but I do think you're getting a guy that understands how, how to craft his role and just be the best version of Spencer Dinwiddie now for the Wizards. Definitely. Yeah, I think he will go north of about 10 shots per game. Uh, you know, he shot about six threes in that 2020 year. And I think the Wizards, you know, they did pay him 20 million per year. Uh, so I, I do think they're looking for him to be uh, super, super aggressive and get some shots up with Bradley Bill as that leading point guard. Um, and then I do want to get into his all-star potential if you do think he, he could become an all-star. And then we'll get a little bit into uh, his character in the locker room as well as some chemistry stuff, uh, because he is an intriguing guy. He is a uh, Bitcoin guy, and, uh, you know, he's a very – Bitcoin king. He's the yeah, Bitcoin king, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> we do want to get into that a little bit. But uh, before we do get into that, um, Adam is unfortunately a Giants fan, um, but this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, so what's the over-under for the Giants uh, win, win total this year? 
Oh God, I think they have it set at about six and a half, which is oh really, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah so there's still still a lot of doubt in there. Yeah, as much as we were talking about before we started that things are looking up in the NFC East, that's internally. Outside, there's still some question marks. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of the Giants, but I, I think it, I think it should be a little bit higher than um, six and a half. Uh, but yeah, bet online. Check out bet online. You can put in a uh, wager on the uh, win total for the Giants and the Washington Football Team if you like, and you also can bet on preseason. Uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is also in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, and UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50%. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The promo code is locked on. Promo code is locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, so I, I did want to get into um, Spencer Dinwiddie and his all-star potential. Um, and if you do think there's any upside or any, any ways that you think he'll improve his game in Washington since he'll get more of a, a larger role as a number two guy on the roster. And um, I do know that uh, Kobe Bryant uh, did say some encouraging words to Spencer Dinwiddie in that 2020 season, um, saying that he was an all-star in his book. So I just wanted to get your take on uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's all-star potential. If you think he'll, uh, if there's a, if there's a way that he could definitely improve a lot in Washington. Yeah. I mean, listen, and you mentioned it there about the volume you want to see him shoot 10 attempts that last season from, from, from the field, not from beyond the arc 16 total overall. So I think you're right, right? This guy's going to see a minimum of that maybe even more so depending on, you know, from the outside looking in, what exactly is, is, are the Wizards going to look like when you have KCP still, when you have Montrez Harrell and you have Kuzma and you still have other players uh, like Bertans. And I think the Nets even tried to get a stab at, at getting Hachimura off of you guys in that yeah. trade process, which I was a big fan of. I even low level was trying to steal Gafford off you. I just thought fleece them in any way possible. That was the real goal there. Um, but, but ultimately Yes, yeah, his game can improve because, again, we never got to see this strong sample size with Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. So this is still a big opportunity for, for Spencer Dinwiddie with Bradley Beal. The, the big one to me would probably be those assist numbers. Go back, again, 2020 season, seven assists per game. If, if him and Beal, and Beal said he wanted Spencer Dinwiddie, that's why this kind of all started to facilitate because prior to that, Dinwiddie was talking about wanting to get back to the West Coast where he where he's from. So if they can form that relationship, all of a sudden you're talking about Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe be able to push that envelope closer to 10. How are some of these role players around him going to work as well? And if he can stay efficient from the field, stay efficient from the field overall, get to the line with consistency, and then probably it is the three-point shooting. I, I think if that takes a bit of a jump, and I mean, his best year was 34, I know 38%, excuse me, his first season uh, with the Nets, but only on about three and a half attempts per game. So he may have to rein that part of his game in 
and just be more selective and efficient at it because I think the volume probably hurts him from beyond the arc. If he can rein that in and be more selective and see that percentage go up, I think you're naturally going to see better assist numbers. Uh, You're naturally going to probably see maybe some decent rebounding numbers as well, given the other players and how they can occupy some bodies. Spencer Dinwiddie is very effective at crashing the glass and going in for those those defensive rebounds, so you're going to get that benefit as well. Yes, I, he he's in. He can very easily be in the conversation for being an All Star this season. I think sometimes with this NFL, you talk about Pro Bowl too. It's like, well, there's only so many spots, so you start to go through the hierarchy of guards around the league, and you say, okay, you know, who does he have to jump above in the East in order to get to that place? Because of the new structure where superstars get to pick their players, I think it's just more going to be about what type of cachet does he play with? How is he regarded around the league? And this upcoming season could very well be the, the pinnacle of this buildup for him on and off the court of, of building your notoriety, getting your name out there. He's become more of a household name than he's ever been. So I think his play on the court will deserve to be in consideration. It'll just be a matter of, of how are some of these other pieces around, around the East working, including his former team with two really good guards. Right. Yeah, I did hear that you guys definitely wanted uh, Daniel Gafford, and that's probably my second favorite player on the Wizards, I guess, other than Bradley Bill. Uh, He had a heck of a uh, season when he got traded to us. Oh, I love it. I love him. Yeah, and then you guys wanted Rui, which, you know, I don't blame you guys swinging for the fences and and trying to get Denny, so I I can't blame you guys at all. Yeah, you ask. You know what I mean? Well, it was the (laughs) worst-case scenario. What are you, insane, Sean Marks? Maybe. Fine. What's the next option that we have? Right. Yeah. And I, I know you guys, I heard that you guys didn't want Kuzma. You didn't want Mantra's Harrell. No, all those scraps. No, we didn't, we didn't want the, we didn't want <laughs> LeBron's rejects. We chose to move on from that. And that was, I mean, that was what was so fascinating about that entire process. And we, we talked about it of, it seemed like the Wizards did this thing to get obviously Westbrook to the Lakers. They took back all these players, but all in the vein of, and then we'll use these players to go get the next guy. And when so quickly it came out that the Nets were like, oh no, we're good on them. There was a brief moment where it seemed like this thing may fall apart because the Wizards maybe misstepped in thinking, oh, well, Brooklyn will love to have Kuzma or KCP or Harold. Like it'll be easy to send those bodies that way. And I know it broke down a little bit, maybe around uh, you know, DeAndre Jordan and trying to move that money as well. And I mean, it ended up being a five team deal to get it all done, but that was, it was fascinating to me. And if you're any of those guys, those guys, I think you still have to be wondering what are we going to look like on this, on this wizards roster for a team that was just trying to have you guys pass through, not necessarily set up your shop uh, in DC. Yeah, it, it is interesting because, you know, we, they were, they were rumored Montrez and, and uh, Kuzma, and I'm actually intrigued to see how these guys can work out because Kuzma, you know, when guys leave the Lakers, they usually uh, typically do better. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, um, Jordan Clarkson. So we've seen guys get better. So I'm, I'm actually intrigued to see Kyle Kuzma. At first, I wanted to ship him off and send him to you guys. But of course, you guys deny that trade. So I, I'm actually a little intrigued to see what Kuzma uh, can do there. So um, Spencer- Once you can't move off a guy, by the way, that's when you start to get intrigued by him. Once you know, once you know he's going to be on your team, you go, maybe I'm pretty intrigued. Turns out, you know, I was pretty intrigued by, you know, by Musa for a number of years on the Nets because he was there. I had to be intrigued. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you did talk about um, some of the explosiveness with him rebounding the basketball. Now, he did just come off a a partially torn ACL. Um, I just want want to, um, to talk about some of his athleticism and how he was finishing around the rim. Was he a guy that uh, would dunk on people or how was his finishing around? And, uh, no, uh, no, uh, powerful player, str- 
Yeah, powerful player, strong player, good body control. So he, you know, very good at taking contact and making the adjustment, you know, using both hands in and around the basket as well. So he's capable of, of taking what the defense gives him, so to speak, and making sure that he gets in on those bodies. Um, you're going to see him a lot now. As, as the profile of a player grows in the NBA, that's usually when the referees start seeing more fouls that, that are being committed on you. So that may shift a little bit in Washington, but you're going to see a lot of players do this. But Spencer Dinwiddie is very vocal with the refs when he feels like he has been accosted in and around the basket. So he will, he will let the referees know that. But no, no, he's a very good finisher. No, he's not going to be dunking it um, because, because so much of his game, especially getting towards the rim, is usually navigating a congested lane. This isn't him, you know, on a breakout uh, running the floor uh, with ease. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't anticipate much of that for him, but the finishing is definitely a plus for him and he has the strength. And again, the body control is about as elite as you could want it to be. And he'll, he'll get some of those awkward finishes, those ones where you don't think that he has the position or the ability to complete it. You'll see some nice little finger roll flips, some nice little high arcers that get over top of some taller defenders. So that's going to be, I think, a plus side of his game that, that maybe just from the outside looking in when you first get him, you're not thinking about that, that side of him. But it'll continue, I guess, in the vein of a Russell Westbrook of, I'll be the guy that's physical from the backcourt, Bradley Beal, you can be more of the finesse, which I think is a nice compliment. Right. All right. So um, I do want to get into uh, some of how Spencer is off of the court and how he is as a locker room guy. But before we do get into that, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Um, If you're not into cars or know much about cars, Rock Auto is the place to be. Uh, Rather than using a chain star, they have a great deal. Uh, for example, an, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, but it's only $216 from Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about, hear about us, Box? So that, they, so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need from rockauto.com. Um, also, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, my favorite flair is, flavor is cookies and cream. Uh, how about you, Adam? What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Orange, man. I know that, that that may not resonate with a lot of people, but I just it's straightforward. For all the variety they give you, Orange built bar, man. That thing, it just hits the sweet spot for him. It takes me back to some type of nostalgia. Right. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard somebody say that. Um, I hear a lot of people are, are starting to grow on the uh, grasshopper cookie. Uh, but they do have uh, coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are built bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 45 grams of sugar and only 45 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Uh, Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so I do want to get into um, Spencer Dinwiddie, his uh, character. And uh, he did say during his introductory, uh, introductory Washington Wizards press conference that um, he just wanted us to be loved. So, um, <laughs> so I was just wondering what, um, 
how was his departure with the Nets? Was there any, um, I guess not bad blood, but do you feel like that was a um, shot or shade at, at Brooklyn saying that they didn't appreciate him or, or how did you feel about that? Oh, no, no, no. I, I think that that's more just, again, when you're a guy that was in Detroit, you know, doesn't feel like you're getting a, a good opportunity. You come to Brooklyn. No, I, I think there's a ton of love between them um, because, again, the, you know, the Nets didn't have to send them to Washington. They didn't have to make that work. There could have been other opportunities out there for them. I think, you know, a lot of Brooklyn Nets fans said, we should have gotten more. It wasn't enough. We, you know, you didn't get a good enough deal, Sean Marks, I, somehow oddly for as good as he's been as our GM. But I think it was about honoring both things. We want to try to get something here for Spencer Dinwiddie if we can, and we also want to get him where he wants to go. So once he expressed an interest in teaming up with Bradley Beal, it was kind of, okay, how do we do the best we can for ourselves as an organization and also get him there? Um, on top of which, the Brooklyn Nets gave him the opportunity. They, you know, they, they brought him in and allowed him to showcase what he could be and, and really got him to this point. Um, so, no, I wouldn't see it as a shot. I do think that from where Spencer Dinwiddie has come as a player, he wants to be loved as in, I want to be appreciated for the player that I am. But, you know, again, all offseason, it was about, I think that I'm a 20 to $25 million a year player. So, that regards you as one of the be- as one of the best guards in the league. That's the type of money you're looking for. So I think he just wants the validation of being a starting caliber guard. And the reason why there's no love loss is because I think in his honest moment, he wouldn't sit here and tell you, and also I'm better than Kyrie or Harden. The Nets have made a mistake. They should have traded, you know, traded Kyrie to Washington and kept me there. Right. So I think it worked out for everybody. Um, and I, you know, you mentioned the character side of things. It, fantastic. He's a fantastic locker room guy. Every, everyone loves his game. Everyone respects him. Every one of the big three were complimentary about him and saying he, he deserves to get the bag. And so I think it's, it's I, as, you know, as good of a departure you can have from your former team shy of the Brooklyn Nets giving him the big deal. Right. Yeah. And um, what's, what's the deal with him and, and Bitcoin. And then last year, you know, he tried to do the thing with uh, having fans, you know, decide his contract, uh, What's going on with Spencer in that aspect? We affectionately refer to him, and, and by all means, I transfer ownership of, of this nickname to the Washington Wizards, to the Locked On Wizards podcast, not to everybody. Uh, we affectionately refer to him as the entrepreneur, Spencer Dinwiddie, because he is a, he's, he's a on and off the court uh, personality. He, I think he sees the short-term NBA game and then the big picture. Um, you, know, you talk about Bitcoin. Yes, he, he, he got into that. He also launched... Uh, it's pronounced Galaxy or Claxy. It's it's this. It's kind of this digital universe with a more direct interaction between athletes and the fans. Um, I think that that Spencer Dinwiddie kind of has his pulse on on where the market is, on where media is. He's he's an intelligent guy. He's a, he definitely has an entrepreneurial business side to him, and even the piece about letting fans decide where he goes or his contract. I think that that's as much a a gimmick, first of all, but just also raising your profile, right? You're, you're putting these things out there so that people become more aware of you and you maybe get more teams, more fans to take a look at your stats and watch some of your games and see what type of player you truly are. Um, so in that regard, I, I do. I, I think it's as much about what he wants to accomplish as a basketball player and also understanding, and he said it in interviews, this isn't forever. You know, the NBA will not be forever for me. So how do you establish yourself for, for life after basketball? And that's a lot, I think, what you see behind the scenes. And, and there's validity to it. He, he is a smart individual. And what he's setting up is more than just fodder. There, there's real substance to what he's accomplishing. 
Yeah, he, he sounds like a, a a smart guy. I mean, I heard another nickname for him was was Google because he knows everything. Uh, so I, I, it's going to be a very interesting hearing him in some press conference after games and before games. I guess there's never going to be really a dull moment with uh, with Spencer Dinwiddie. But I do want to get uh, what was the most underrated part of his game? Something that you know a lot of fans wouldn't know about. Um, a great skill that he has, and um, is he capable of elevating his teammates' uh, games as well? Yes, yeah, and uh, you know, I'll I'll keep the easy blank statement of the the facilitation, the assists. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, when you think about his time in Brooklyn, he was at certain points one of a couple of the best players on the roster. He's still going to be that for Washington now, but Bradley Beal is another step forward, and I think you know he's willing to be the guy that gets the guy the shot, right? So in that regard, I think about Ahachimura and the development of his game relative to what Russell Westbrook was bringing to the floor. I think some of those forwards are going to benefit when you talk about ball movement on the offensive end. The defense is still going to be locking in on Bradley Beal first. That's, <laughs> he's still the primary concern. Right. And now when it gets into that second and third pass of the sequence – if Dinwiddie is doing his job when the look isn't there for him or when that switch happens, he needs to be willing and is willing to make the extra pass and give some easy looks down low. So even when you talk about KCP or Kuzma and all these guys, you know, it's hard for me to get too excited about them within your roster because they just came from playing with AD and LeBron. And if you can't be good or great with them, I have my concerns but, but the existing roster, the Gaffords and Hachimuras of the world and the Bertans, that's the, those are the guys that I'll be excited to see how that starting five kind of unit looks for the Wizards and the impact that Dinwiddie can have. Facilitator, I'd keep my eye in that area because, again, I wouldn't be shocked if you see him put another couple of assists onto the resume in addition to the big scoring numbers he should put up for you. Mm, yeah, I, I think he can make Daniel Gafford better. Um, you know, I saw the chemistry with him and Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. I think he was yep. – uh, t- he said that he was top three in lobs uh, connections with those guys. So I think Gaffer would be perfect for him. Uh, and, and Kuzma, once again, I, I'm intrigued. I'm going to be optimistic with it. You know, <laughs> you, got, you got it. Listen, listen, yeah, it's no, it's no shade. It's, again, once they're there, man, anything is possible. But and then, by the way, and I will say just from afar, whatever those guys are, worst case scenario, the Washington Wizards have a very deep roster with guys that have a lot of, of starting experience. So even if they're going to be in support roles, you should be at least be able to walk in saying we're going to be consistent throughout our rotations and the guys that come off the bench and especially defensively, we're going to be better. We're going to be more of a problem. And and we know historically the wizards have struggled being anything other than a high scoring team that unfortunately gives up more points than they can put up. So balancing this team out a little bit more is also what you're looking for. And I, I think you guys will get there. I just, they just posted up someone, I think on locked on asked, the betting, you know, over, under on seeding ranks and win totals. Wizards were put at 12th in the East. Mm. When they asked, which is a team that you think should be higher on that list? I, I, I said the Wizards are, are a dart toss for me. I think right. if you want to start bucking them up in with the, the, the Hornets and, you know, the Pacers. I mean, there's all these teams at the back end of the Eastern Conference. I, would I be shocked if at the All-Star break the Wizards are there at the 10th, 9th, you know, and looking at that 8th seed? No. And I, I, based on the chemistry that these guys develop and how this team gets coached up, I won't be shocked if they're a seventh seed. When you have Bradley Beal, one of the best pure scorers in the game, like you have the chance to do that. So I, I think that maybe they're being sold a little bit short. I've got them as a, as a quiet dark horse. 
Yeah, I, I like you. I like I like how you're hyping this up. You know, I think I think we are a sneaky team. We have a deep team. Uh, we have Bradley, Bill, and um, some mid-level guys. Uh, we don't have mm-hmm. another. We don't have a big three like you guys. Um, but very I few teams do. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so they load it up now. You know, you look at the Lakers and some other teams, but um, you you kind of say the Bucks have a big three with Giannis and Middleton and Drew Holiday a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the Wizards, they can scare a couple of teams. They got a deep team and you just seen it, how many, how many injuries happened last year and, and how COVID affected a lot of teams and having some mid-level guys that are talented. So if, if Kuzma is not available, at least you got Rui to step in or Bertans or somebody like that. The Wizards could be a sneaky team. I mean, at one point, the Hornets were the fourth seed in the East. The Knicks jumped up to the fourth seed in the East last year. So you just never know. It can come down to coaching and injuries, like you said. And so, I mean, the Wizards, they got some talent. I think Dinwiddie can play pretty well next to Bradley Bill. And um, if they get hot and buy in defensively, you got Gafford and Montrezl Harrell, Thomas Bryant coming back. And uh, if Rui progresses, this team can get a lot of better. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll finish up here with just two more questions. Uh, I do want to get your take on the Eastern Conference once again. Uh, where do you think – your Nets will finish up, but first we'll go with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie in clutch moments. How was he in, in some clutch games? I know um, you got they, – they didn't have a winning record in that 20, 20 year, but I know uh, years before with Kenny Atkinson, they did make the playoffs. Uh, how was he in clutch moments? Because um, Russ was pretty solid in the clutch. Bradley Bill, there were some times where he did dribble the basketball off of his foot. Um, was he a yeah, – was there, was there a time that uh, – you know, who, who was the go-to guy when it, when it was Spencer and Karras? Uh, who, who was the guy that, that usually got the ball in the last moments? Was Spencer one of those guys? Yep. Yeah. Spencer was the go, was the go-to player in that regard because you, you mentioned off the foot. You know, Karis Levert is a lankier. You know, the dribbles are it's it's, it's it's interesting. I'll put it that way. And he seemed to really get the ball caught up underneath him at times, and hard, much harder for him from a fluid standpoint to be able to create space for himself and get those looks off. Um, Spencer, then we hit some big shots, late game shots, knockdown looks, um, you know, listen, the percentages for anybody, even the best are, are going to be fluid in those opportunities. Uh, but this, uh, what I think the best thing you can say is those moments aren't too big for Spencer Dinwiddie. He's ready and willing to hit those. And there were stretches in those seasons when Spencer Dinwiddie for as, as up and down as that three point shooting could be, he could also give you three possessions in a row, walk down the court and just nail a triple like he is Joe Harris. So, you know, the shot, the stroke, the confidence is all there for him. And I think it's, you know, not, I guess the caveat, but the big question is going to be all these past handful of seasons, Spencer have been about building to this moment, to this opportunity, all everything. Now it's now you're here. So we'll find out. You're going to find out very quickly if Spencer Dinwiddie is capable of those spots. And I think he's going to reward you uh, in really big ways. So, yeah, those big moments will be nice. And I think, again, alongside Beal, when it comes down to those clutch, you know, crunch time moments, most teams, all teams are going to say, not Bradley Beal, let's see what you can do, Spencer Dinwiddie. It's going to be up to him to reward those open looks and then force defenses to start respecting the Wizards as a whole as opposed to a singular player that they need to take off the court. Right, yeah. And I love Bradley Bill. He's had some clutch moments too, but there has been some times where he's, you know, he's fouled and slipped on the floor. And, you know, there's a stat where he – I think we lost the last 11 games where he scored 40 points. And uh, the, only, the only piece about that in the defense of, of Beal is this is what happens when you're the only guy though, mm-hmm. right? Like when you get drained like that for, you know, right. 40 minutes a night, 
By the end, it's, look at Kevin Durant in the playoff run, right? All these injuries, then all of a sudden he does this incredible, somehow shows us that he's better than we thought he was against the Bucs. They still lose the series. But by the end of it, he was like, listen, I'm going to shoot this triple. I don't even know if I can make the rim on this look. Like, I'm drained. This is all I have left. And that's, I think, been the biggest indictment of the Wizards over Bradley Beal's career is you are not surrounding him with talent. The fact that he has not asked to be jettisoned far sooner is, is nothing but praise on him. And you need to continue to make sure that you are trying to put him in spots to be able to be healthy and rested and energized enough in those big spots. Because I think even he'll look better as the team gets better in some of those big moments. Yeah. And yeah, it's a deeper team now, so they can, you know, let him rest a little bit for about five to 10 minutes instead of him playing, you know, 40 minutes a night. Um, there's some other guys that can step up and score. Um, you know, KCP, Dinwiddie, uh, once again, optimistic with Kuzma and, you know, Rehat Shamir. So, uh, you know, we got to touch back, man. We got, I, I, I want to be optimistic with you, but let's, let's, let's circle back somewhere in the middle of the season and see where Kuzma now stands as he went from being an offensive shooting threat to people saying, Pretty good defensive upside from this guy, huh? Like, that, that's where you start to wonder what the state of his game is going to be. Right, yeah. Hopefully he has the uh, Brandon Ingram uh, progression and the, there you the go. Josh Hart and Jordan Clarkson and, and maybe Bertans. Hopefully Bertans can uh, bounce back from last year. He's a shooter that shot the ball well, but in the playoffs he was abysmal. Um, but I do want to get your take on, on your nets. Uh, how, do you guys, how do you think you guys finished up? If you had to make a bet online prediction, on the NBA and the Eastern Conference for your Nets. And, and how are you guys feeling about Kyrie? Because there's just a lot of years where Kyrie has not been available, not just for you guys, Celtics, Cavaliers, and then, um, you know, personal reasons he's missing games. So um, just want to get your take on, on all those questions before we uh, finish up here. Yeah, I mean, listen, as far as standings, uh, you know, I, I see the Nets as a number one seed. They narrowly could have had it last year in spite of not having any of their big three stars collectively on the court together for any, not, not even over 10 games for the season. They still almost accomplished it. And in a lot of ways, when you look at what they did in the draft and in, in some of the lower end moves as far as uh, supporting cast and free agency, they're a better team this year than they were last year. They're a stronger team. Uh, the Eastern Conference is more competitive this year. So I don't think, you know, I talked with uh, Rafael Barlow and, you know, you may not be able to take off as many games as you could for risk of falling into the, the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference. So I do expect this team to come out somewhat firing game one of the season against the Bucks. maybe a little reminder of, of what they didn't have when they played them in the playoffs there. So it's hard for me to say anything less than a two seed. <laughs> I mean, at worst. Mm-hmm. And then on, on, as far as Kyrie goes, listen, we're a team of, of personalities that that much is for sure. But you, know, you just had that Draymond Green interview with, with Kevin Durant. I, I think this has been a theme around the NBA overall. Players want it to be more and more understood that I have my, I, I'm, I'm a basketball player and I also have my personal life and I have my personal thoughts and other th- interests and things that I'm into. Um, the difference between KD and Harden versus Kyrie Irving, there's two players on one side that are very ball-oriented and incredibly dedicated, and that's the only singular focus they have as far as where they're at in their careers, Kyrie is impacted by what's going on in the world and what's going on for him personally. So um, it's the deal that you make. And I, I respect Kyrie Irving as a human being as much as I respect and admire his game. So the Nets signed up for this. Um, it's why you draft the Cam Thomas. Maybe just so you have a little bit of a microwave score in case some days off are needed. But I, I really... He's going to be there, Kyrie, that is. He's going to be there when it matters most, playoff times. So as long as the Nets are healthy, I really don't worry about that stuff because I feel like so much of those concerns were asked this past season. 
in a lot of ways answered, right? What is, what's going to happen when you get James Harden? You can't possibly with Kyrie. Kyrie goes, nah, you handle it. You run the point. I'm fine. No one anticipated that happening. So the, uh, the continuity of this roster should only be growing more stronger in year number two with all three of these guys. Yep. It, it will be interesting to see um, if, if Kyrie is available and then, you know, Kevin Durant and you guys going up against the Bucks and uh, I guess the third team, we don't know. We don't know what the Sixers are going to do in the heat, but I, I think the Nets uh, definitely should be up there and running for the championship once again. Uh, Adam, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, before we head out, this episode is brought to you today by the Locked On Today podcast. Uh, get more, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, Adam, what's your Twitter? And is there, if uh, just let the people know if there's anything that you uh, need to promote. Uh, oh, sure, friends. Yeah, you can find uh, Locked On Nets, obviously, for, for all the podcast content. Uh, at Doug Norrie, my co-host over there, at Adam Armrecht on Twitter. Uh, and listen, if you want a rival podcast for the Washington football team, feel free to check out the One Giant podcast. Uh, myself and Andy Makowitz are, are breaking down the NFL season as it comes up, too. Uh, but that's it, man. Listen, I'm out there. You can find me if you need me. And this was just a, a lot of fun, Ed. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely add you on Twitter when the uh... – Washington football team plays the Giants on Thursday night week. <laughs> there we go. But thank you for coming on, and you guys have a good one. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.